Welcome to the Home Theater Forum podcast. My name is Brian Dobbs. And I'm Sam Poston. And today we're going to be talking about your home video library. And with that also comes the memorabilia, the tchotchkes, framed posters, etc., etc. We're going to be getting into it today. It's going to be a lot of fun. Sam and I, I think, have a little bit different of an approach, and it's going to be interesting talking about that. A little lighter subject, how we organize our movies. Or don't. <laughs> or don't. <laughs> and I, I guess what I'll do is try to frame this. I'm going to tell you about my library here at home. Okay. I'm sure some of the listeners out there can relate to some of these observations, we'll say. Yep. <laughs> And it'd be interesting to know what our listeners have to share about their libraries. Yeah, yeah, both physically and digitally. As the library grows, you just need more shelf space. Mm -hmm. And it's a practical consideration, yet it's also very pleasing to look at. So I guess a good place to start is to describe for you what I see right here in front of me as I sit here in my bonus room. I got here and, oh my gosh, I need shelves. I got to put these DVDs somewhere because I don't want them all sitting in a bin somewhere and I got to go look for whatever movie I want to watch. I just want them all up on the shelves. In my old place, I had just two by sixes in the basement in the unfinished area. It didn't matter what it looked like, but I don't have a basement right now. So, eh, I kind of need something that looks halfway decent. And my wife and I went on Amazon and we purchased three large wooden DVD shelves. Each one is about 36 inches wide, about seven feet tall. You you can set it up to where, like, you know, you determine where the shelves go, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, this is the part I don't get. Oh, yeah, you can can fit 1,200 Blu-rays. Or uh, 1,000 DVDs, you know, depending on how you do the shelves. And I'm like, well, who's going to make this only for Blu-rays? You know, who's going to put the shelving in only for Blu-rays or only for DVDs? Like, who only has a library that is only Blu-rays? You know what I mean? Right, right, yeah. So, of course, you have to go with the DVD route because you got a mixture of both. Mm -hmm. Uh, But doing that leaves you with two dozen extra shelves left over. So you're saying that the Blu-rays are shorter than the DVD boxes? I guess I didn't even realize that because I think a lot of my DVDs are still in those plastic bins that you were just maligning. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, they're, you know, about an inch shorter. So you could technically put one more shelf onto the column that you're working on. Mm -hmm. Each unit is essentially three columns with eight rows okay so 24 different compartments okay okay as always making these shelves which are really cheap by the way and mm-hmm. it, you know it's that cheap fake wood stuff yeah it was so frustrating to put these things together that i was just cursing at them and i'm like we are not taking these to the next house i'm just gonna <laughs> leave them here i don't want to have to deal with these things yeah and paying it forward, I didn't just toss the extra shelves. I kept them for whoever oh, moves okay. in here next yeah, time. Yeah. They can do the shelves. However they want. However yeah, they yeah. want, right. Yeah. So, of course, space is a concern because I have so much junk. Uh, mm-hmm. So I had to put the extra shelves on two of the shelves in these units. 
So leaving me with less space for my DVDs, but fortunately I got enough compartments here that it looks like I got some room to grow. Well, I think you, you got to get one of those plastic bins and throw those shelves in them and put it up in that attic you were just talking about. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> that, yeah, I don't know why I didn't think of that. Okay, let's find all the bins with the DVDs and take them out. And, you know, they were mostly in alphabetical order because, of course. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, so I'm looking at these three empty shelving units and I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm spacing them out. There's about a foot and a half in between each one. Am I going to go left to right, like compartment, 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 space, next shelving unit, compartment, 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 A, B, C, D, E, F, G, across the wall? Yeah. Or am I going to keep it, am I going to do that just per unit, per unit, and then repeat? So I I had to spend a day thinking about this. I'm like, what's going to make the most sense? What I ultimately decided on was doing it in columns. So each compartment, A, B, C... And you reach the end of the compartment, you go to the one below it. Okay. Kind of consolidated a little bit better. Mm. But unfortunately, there are still some oddities. And we'll get, we're going to get to that in a second. Okay. I'm going to say that my filing system, um, in a word, chaos. <laughs> so, if I'm going to be generous, uh, I'm going to say that my filing system most closely resembles what John Cusack describes in High Fidelity. I guess it looks as if you're reorganizing your records. records. Yeah. Um, what is this? Uh, chronological? No. Not alphabetical? Nope. What? Autobiographical. No fucking way. Yep. I can tell you how I got from Deep Purple to Howlin' Wolf in just 25 moves. Oh and God. I want to find the song Landslide by Fleetwood Mac. I have to remember that I bought it for someone in the fall of 1983 pile, but didn't give it to them for personal reasons. That sounds... Comforting. Yes. How you came across movies. I became most interested in movies by taking a community college class in movie history and film studies and stuff like that. So I would say that my movie collection exists mostly in epochs, E-P-O-C-H-S. So I've got the DVD epoch where I've got mostly Disney films and stuff like that. And then we moved into Blu-ray where I went to you know much more of like world cinema and stuff like that and now into the UHD epoch which uh, is most readily at hand uh, and I, I'm actually surprised at how many UHDs I've collected already for me I became so paralyzed at the idea of keeping a collection up to date and alphabetized and put into categories that I almost immediately declared bankruptcy at the beginning of the the DVD age. And now I I generally know where each part of my collection is. Like if I wanted to, you know, I I constantly have friends say, oh, can I borrow such and such a movie? And I have a general strata of of the pile that I know where, where to find them, but have to go through and search. So it really is chaos. And I've gotten better in the digital age because obviously everything is alphabetized and categorized for you without you doing anything. And I certainly appreciate that. 
But there are technical issues with that as well. You know, how do collections of movies get handled? For example, the Marvel movies, you know, on Disney Plus, they don't have the complete MCU. What? Yeah, I mean, they don't. It's They're missing the, the Hulk and a couple others, and Sony owns some of the Spider-Man oh, movies. So, yeah, you know, damn yeah, Universal. Yeah. With the yeah, hulk. yeah, yeah, yeah. By the same token, you know, you look at a series like Riddick. I'll kill you with my teacup. Right? And so they didn't start calling the whole thing the Chronicles of Riddick till like <laughs> halfway through it. So yeah. So just keeping that stuff organized and together, there's gotchas in that where the same way that you'd have them with physical media. I haven't let it bother me. My system works for me. Good luck to whoever takes over my collection when I get hit by a bus. But I certainly tip my hat to people like you and those on our forum that have collection management software and stuff like that. But that's never going to be me. I hear you, man. I generally try to keep the management low tech. I don't use any software other than a spreadsheet, which I alphabetize. But it's kind of fun for me. It's a way to make me feel good about the things that I have, and I know exactly where they are and how many I have and sort of thing like that. But I don't go overboard with it. I don't have, like, online accounts to keep track of that stuff, and, you know, I don't really do reviews or anything. It's interesting that you mentioned the spreadsheet. I wasn't even thinking about it when writing up our show notes and what to discuss here, but I think you know that I also collect board games. And on the board game front, I have been religious about when I add a board game to my collection that I put that in a spreadsheet and so I know which board games I have and which expansions to each of those that I have and which I don't. And I think that's manageable for me at that scale, but if it got to the scale that movies have been in my life, it would quickly become unmanageable. <laughs> so, Do you have a rough idea how many movies you have? It's definitely over a thousand, and I probably have over a hundred board games. So, I mean, it's wow. a factor of ten or more. The memories and emotions that are conjured when you think about where and when you were when yeah. you bought any one of the particular movies. Like, I can't remember everything that I bought, but there are very, you know, there are some movies that I'm looking at even just right now, and I'm thinking I know exactly where I was when I bought. Mad Max, the original, on DVD, mm -hmm. almost 20 years ago, in a library with my ex-girlfriend, you know. So. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, right? It's it's who do you experience it with? And for me, it's not necessarily who I was with when I bought it, but I, I am terrible about buying movies and not watching them for six months or a year or something like that. So it's... Well, it's you got to be ready for it, you know? Yeah, no, you know, if a man tells you he's going to do something, he, he's going to do it. You don't have to remind him every three years, you know? So, uh, <laughs> so that's how I, I approach the, you know, the, that stack of movies, the, the stack of shame. But... Stack of you know, shame. Yeah, stack of shame. Sometimes a friend will say, hey, I've been wanting to see that. And so you get to experience that movie with that friend or group of friends or family members or something like that. And then usually we wind up talking about the movie afterwards and they have a perspective that may be wildly different from what you took out of a movie. I'll give you an example, Pulp Fiction. I saw Pulp Fiction 
and immediately fell in love with it and said, I will watch anything this director ever makes in his life, and I'm going to dig through whatever back catalog he has. And my family members were just completely aghast and said, I don't get it. The time jumping didn't make any sense, and this is dumb. And I'm just, you know, absolutely stunned and to have that different of experience while sitting in the same room as these other people experiencing that. You know, not every movie's like that, but when you get a situation like that, it's definitely something you want to bookmark in your collection. Mm-hmm. And and that's what's more important to me than actually the storage component of it. But your stuff about piles made a little bit of sense to me too in that I kind of had a similar experience just with all my stuff here once I got to the house. Yeah. Like you kind of had to live from pile to pile. It wasn't quite organized as much as you would like, but you did have a general sense about what was here and what was here. And uh, that's just kind of how you have to work sometimes uh, when you're getting settled and such. I mean, if it works for you, then that works for you. So there ain't nothing wrong with it. No, and and I agree. And I've certainly, you know, not avoided seeing how other people organize it. Like I I said, I I love your organizational system. Just know that I I, I wouldn't do the same thing even if I had the same space, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I tend to think a lot. (laughs) One could say overthink things. And today I think you'll probably get a sense of what I mean as I describe for you how I decided to organize all of my DVDs. Yeah, yeah, let's jump to that because you certainly have more experience in that organizational scheme, so I'm going to take a back seat here and let you go with it. I am not unique in what I look for or what I require from a DVD library. I'm sure there are some of you out there who have had similar thoughts as me, when considering how to organize everything. So, I hope you guys can relate to what I'm about to describe for you. The starting point for my library is always an A to Z. Okay? Just give me a simple A to Z. Now, what's interesting about A to Z is that you might have some oddities come up when you're just thinking alphabetically. Like, for instance, the, hmm, what would you say? <laughs> the Silence of the Lambs franchise? It starts off as technically Manhunter. Right. Or, or Red Dragon, right? Well. Which, which one came first? I forget. So it was Manhunter, then it was Silence of the Lambs, then it was Hannibal, then it was Red Dragon. Okay. Then it was Hannibal Rising, which was kind of this unrelated prequel. So it's, you know, it's not... Uh, Hannibal 1, Hannibal 2, Hannibal 3. So I I have mine organized starting af- after Manhunter. So um, you have oh, Manhunter, okay. and then you have The Silence of the Lambs. Then you have Hannibal. Mm. Now, So chronologically, sub to A to Z. Yes. Okay. It would make a whole lot of sense if it was you know, thought out well in advance. That's why it's so easy to do this with Star Wars or right. Star Trek. Um, right. And it's easy to do it with X-Men because those 
starting to get a little loose with the uh yeah the, the timelines <laughs> with, yeah. with everything really yeah, but yeah yeah you know so it starts off x-men and then it's chronological after that regardless okay. of whatever the title is okay but then i'll have what's that hobbit you know maybe that's not yeah. a good example and lord of the rings yeah lord of the rings the hobbit and lord of the rings i keep separate okay they're both big franchises and i'm not gonna have any trouble finding them on the shelf Okay. I may have what? trouble hunting down, uh, you know, Red Dragon if I really wanted to watch it. Because I'm like, right. where did I put it? Is it under R? Is it under Silence? Is it, you know, whatever. Do you have, like, all of your Disney movies mixed in there, too? Or do you have, like, those separated out? Sam, I'm glad you asked me that question. Because that would lead me into my family section. Ah, okay. Okay. So, my family section contains... Animated movies, uh, live-action PG movies, mm-hmm. and things related to animated shorts and things like that. Maybe cartoons or something. So all my Disney stuff is in here, and this is alphabetized. You know, it starts with Aladdin and ends okay. with Yogi Bear. <laughs> okay, so but but all all the family stuff together, not just Disney as one subsection of the family section. Yeah, I don't I don't reserve a special s- spot just for Disney. I see. Okay. I would believe that a lot of our members might do something like that and I think that would be fair. The family section also includes the Muppet movies, right? Yeah. Uh Spy Kids. Okay. The Sandlot. Sure. Labyrinth. All right. What about something like Goonies cuz I could go either way with that? Yes, it's in there too. Okay. It's right in there, and it's, it's next to a, an old Disney short called Fun and Fancy Free. Which oh, was, I have that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Th- you know what I'm talking about. So Yeah, I do. Yep. So those kinds of things made it in there, too. Mm-hmm. So we had the A to Z. We have the family section. There are certain franchises that, in my opinion, get their own section. And I've identified at least three here that deserve their own compartment here. I'll just go right for the big one. Marvel. Yeah. Why spend all the time looking all over the place? Like, I just wanted to consolidate them. It's all one story. So I felt as that that should be treated as one compartment. Okay. Now, I want to be fair here. And I said, okay, well, if Marvel gets a compartment, then DC has got to get their own compartment. Now, it's a sad looking compartment. Number one, because it only has a fraction of the movies. Number two, because half those movies are garbage anyway. But I feel it's only proper. Okay, that's valid. More impressive, I should say most impressive, is my James Bond section. Oh, nice. Because those titles are all over the place. So what am I going to put it under? James? No. Am I going to put it under Bond? No. Would I have Dr. No be the first one and then everything else after that? Eh, it just looks Mm. ugly. So I said, James Bond gets its own section. I got every single one of the movies on Blu-ray, even that oddball one, Casino Royale, mm-hmm. and even that other oddball one, Never Say Never Again. That one's easy for me because I've got the Bond 50 collection and it all fits in an oversized little folio. And I'm sure those oversized things drive you mad too. Ah, yes, we'll get to that in just a sec. <laughs> <laughs> But, See, I'm, I'm just poking holes here, Brian. No, I know, I know. And that's, that's <laughs> unfortunately, that's the nature of the beast, is, is yeah, all these yeah, holes. Yeah. Um, now you know why I just declared bankruptcy. Oh. 
The one oddity, though, with James Bond is that one compartment holds all but Spectre, the most recent one. Okay, so you've, you're overflowing already is what you're saying. Yeah, so what am I going to do with Spectre? Do I stick it on the next compartment by itself in an empty space? Yeah. Like, that's so lame. No, I can't do that. So Spectre right now gets shoved right on top. It's laying down on top. Yeah, but that's not going to scale because, you know, there's going to be at least another four or five, uh, well, in your lifetime, probably more than five. Oh, I agree. It's it's just that, it's like that problem when you're writing something where, you know, you don't, what's that, that phrase, the term that they use uh, where you don't want to end a sentence with one word on a single line? Oh, a, oh yeah, 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 not, yeah, yeah, gotcha. In one of those editing things. If, if Spectre is going to go on that next shelf, it's got to have a buddy. Okay. So those are my different franchise sections. Mm-hmm. I have another section for music, and this includes concerts on DVD, mm-hmm. some of those compilation things where they have music videos, home videos for musicians and such. Anna Music, you ever watch Anna Music? Uh, that sounds familiar. I'm not placing it. It's this guy who wrote some really cool synthesizer music, and then he animated these mechanical creatures who were also like instruments oh, playing, yeah, yeah. playing themselves. Yeah, yeah, I've seen a short like that. There's more than just that short? There are two DVDs. Each one of them is like its own album. So there's maybe uh, five or six okay. songs on each one. So that's in there. Okay. What about musicals? Musicals. I have a few of them, and they're just in with the A to Z. A to Z, okay, that's fair. That brings me to my next section, which is my Christmas section. Oh, you you broke all the Christmas uh, stuff out into its own section, gotcha. Actually, I should rephrase. It's my holiday section. Oh, okay. I'm not trying to be politically correct here, but it includes like the Garfield Halloween and Thanksgiving specials. Okay. It includes the Charlie Brown, you know, Halloween and Thanksgiving. Great pumpkin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But most of it is your Christmas stuff. And you may have heard me say this a few times. But every year we're watching The Ref. Every year we're watching Rudolph. I try to put on White Christmas. Ernest Saves Christmas. You know, <laughs> just those things that you like to put on during that time of the year. Then I have a comedy section. Stand-up comedy? Sam, do you have any stand-up comedy? Maybe a couple Eddie Murphys, but that's about it. Maybe a Carlin in there, too. Oh, George Carlin. Nice. I, I need to get some of him, to be honest. Yeah. We used to love the hell out of Gallagher, too, but he kind of faded fast. <laughs> then I have my TV section. Now, am I correct in that I believe TV should be separate from movies? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I thought so. I have another section here for educational. Why would you want to do that? Your planet Earth. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, okay. Your All cosmos. Right, yeah, this yeah, is also okay. where I stuck some of those DTS sampler discs yeah. that I might have picked up at Cedia 20 years ago. Yeah. So uh, highbrow education, not not just like, um, you know, do-it-yourself type stuff. The nature documentaries, it's the other documentaries in general, and that might be where I might put a Baraka or Samsara, Ooh. which are works yeah, so of you, art, but yeah, they're yeah. not really a feature in the sense yeah. that you might think. Right, right, right. You know, I'm, I'm with you. That, I'd almost put if, if I was gonna categorize stuff, I'd, 
I'd have a whole separate section just for that, I think. But I can see putting it in nature, too. Yeah, I'm not sure what I should call this, because these it also has, like, a couple of those demo discs you burned for me. Like, the base demo disc and an Atmos mm-hmm. demo disc. So I just put it under... I just looped those all together. Oh, and Terrence Malick, he has a one that was in the Smithsonian, Voyage of Time. Hmm, haven't seen that. That's another no. artsy one. And that's, I mean, you gotta be just patient with that one. <laughs> so, so that's like an even deeper version of Tree of Life? Yeah, just goes into the space and the planet formation, beginning of time, you know, uh, it's just planet formation, galaxies and stars and stuff. It's neat. It's really cool. I mean, you, you dug Cosmos, so you probably really, really like it. Now, I'll say this much. The only Blu-ray version I could find was a Japanese version. Mm. And I had to spend like 50 bucks for it. <laughs> and it took a month to get here. Because I don't think they have a Region 1 version of it. So the menus are all in Japanese. Mm. And I'm sorry, if it's not Japanese, I apologize. I'm not trying to be insensitive here. But I think that's... Isn't Japan in the same region as us? Oh, I don't even remember. I, I don't do outside of the U.S., so... You can't get it otherwise. You can go to the Smithsonian and maybe watch it. But otherwise, you know, they don't make a right. Region 1 version of it. Right, so. right. So those are my sections. Now, I want to talk about what to do with, <laughs> what did you call it? The shame, the, the shelf of the, shame? The shelf of shame, stack of shame. The stack of shame. I think yeah. I got something like that. Well, I just labeled it as purchased but not yet watched. Is that okay? Yeah, that's the general fair. gist of it? Yeah, um, yeah. But I like yours better. Shel- stack of shame. Yeah. <laughs> so... So, so I just described for you my three units, but on the opposite wall is my stack of shame in one of those even less expensive, dare I say cheap, you know, uh, DVD shelves with wood sides with just the metal tubes running between them. Yep, yep. And that's, you know, all the stuff that I bought last year on Black Friday that I have not yet got to watch, like the new Predator movie. Right, right, right. Which is great. You should watch that. Oh, I'm looking forward to it, but you know what I have to do, Sam? What's that? I got to watch the other Predators first. Okay, well, that's fair. But when it comes to getting around to doing that, when I want to sit down and watch something, and I'm like, I don't really want to watch the first Predator movie. I'd rather watch something I haven't seen. That's where the shame comes in, Brian. And um, I will tell you, uh, the bigger the stack gets, the more shame there is but also the harder it is to decide what you want to watch out of that. I know. It's such a pain in the neck. And now i got to share a room with my kids, and I can't put it on Predator with my little kids. <laughs> but you also have one advantage that I don't have, and that is that not only do I have a stack of shame, but I also have a digital stack of shame. Oh. Uh, in, in It's called my watch list, and... You know, things the 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 problem with like Voodoo and iTunes is you can't even flag them as I want to watch this next or anything like that. There's there's no way to do that. So you just got to scroll the whole thousand movie collection and say, what do I want to watch? What do I want to watch until you finally alight on something in there to pick out and go. Uh, life is so unfair. I know, isn't it? isn't it? That you're never, For, you're never gonna get to any of those movies, Sam. I I just started watching um, Jay and Silent Bob reboot tonight. Oh, so 
So I, I'm gonna get I'm that. I'm working on it. Don't 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 spoil it. I'm gonna get that. I, I can't wait to see it. Yep. And that was in the digital stack of shame. So. Oh well, yeah. I mean, something like that. I might bump to the top for sure. So <laughs> so there's complications with the stack of shame. Yes. Uh, I'm looking over there. I see two big complications: the Wonder Years box set. The Police Academy box set. I mean, you know, once you start it, you can't just stop it. You got to do the whole thing. Yeah. Die yeah. Hard, the complete series. You know, so it's just like, eh, these are some heavy line items. You could knock out a Die Hard box in a Saturday, but doing the Wonder Years, you're going to need a month of Sundays for that one. Yeah. Well, the, you know, Wonder Years, we could watch with the kids. Oh, that's true. So that's that that can be on tap for this year, maybe even next year. My daughter, she's almost old enough to watch Police Academy. The first one's rated yeah. R, I think. I was hard and heavy for those collections in DVD and the start of Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you, man, swapping those discs gets old fast. So it's, uh, it's a lot easier watching them digitally. Oh, man. <laughs> Bad <sighs> influence, I know. Oh, man. I have a different section, <laughs> and this is another stack of shame, Sam. It's my bonus feature section. Mm. I'll watch a movie, okay. and I watch the bonus features for all the movies that I watch. Eh, 98% of them. Might be one or two I just don't feel like watching. You know, I got a stack of movies that have come out in the past eh, three or four years that I have yet to watch their bonus feature, so they haven't made it back into the A to Z. Okay. So when it comes time to watch something, and I sit down, I'm like, what do I want to watch? Do I want to watch a movie? Do I want to watch bonus features? And, like, bonus features are never going to make the cut, so i got to figure out a way to fit that into my day that it doesn't compete with primetime movie watching. Yeah, that's too big a commitment for me. I, I declared bankruptcy, and I've got to really like something... Or be doing a home theater forum review to watch the bonus features. I will tell you that this latest review I'm doing, the I Am Vengeance sequel, there is no way I would have watched those bonus features on my own if I wasn't doing a review. So, my condolences, man. Do you do that even on movies you don't like? You know, I have to be more selective these days. I used to. But now when... There's a movie that I did not particularly care for. I'm thinking of Atomic Blonde. Okay. I think I watched the special feature where it talks about the extended fight scene. Because that was quite impressive. Like, just the one take. She's going up and down the stairs. Like, that was really neat. Uh, God, I don't see it. I probably gave it away, which (laughs) which is a good idea. I don't need to see it again. I want to talk to you about my exceptions if we go back to this a to z i have exceptions okay okay and i think you alluded to it i don't think before i don't think you could have a collection like that without having exceptions so how do you handle them well uh you you talked about your big james bond set right was that like the big cardboard box yes yeah 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 like bond 50 yeah i'm i'm looking at i think i remember what you're talking about and i'm looking at these compartments i'm thinking eh, that may fit on there but it it may not. If, right. You know, I don't know. And I can tell you what doesn't fit in these compartments are my Ben-Hur 50th anniversary box mm. set. Yep. My Dark Knight trilogy mm-hmm. box set. 
and seasons one and two of Stranger Things on Blu-ray, which were released to look like giant video cassette cases. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen those. Those cases will only fit in a top row compartment. (laughs) Now. Sacrifices, Brian. You got to make sacrifices. Miraculously, they're in the exact right compartment that will allow them to fit. Just sheer luck of how the ABCs came and what compartment they ended up in. But if I buy a new TV collection, I mean, we're going to have to be moving them. So I'm thinking, where am I going to put them? Well, the precedent for this is, if I look over back here at Ben Hearn Dark Knight, I'll put them on top and I'll display them. I'll know where they are because obviously they're right there. Right, right. A problem I flipped around into a creative solution. There you go. Did a positive spin on it. So that fits in with your, if if it's not a super favorite of yours, you'd give it away too, because otherwise you'd have to be displaying something that you don't like. Ooh, that's true. Yeah, I mean, but then again, it's always interesting to see pictures of other people's home theaters and maybe the rooms and halls that lead up to their home theaters because they'll have framed movie posters of movies that you might not think was a good movie. Right. But the artwork for the poster was very memorable, let's say. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's always interesting what people select. So, like, when it comes to DVDs and things like that, like, you could have a DVD with incredible artwork that just looks awesome looking at. A terrible movie. Are you thinking of any examples? I'm, I'm trying to come up with some myself. It's all in the eye of the beholder anyway. Sure. So, like, I brought up Three Stooges, which I I don't think you're as fond of as I am, but I guarantee if you came in here and saw the way that displayed on this shelf, it would make an impact. Sure. Because the dimensions allow me to have the face out so you can see the cover. And it's the classic font, Three Stooges, with their silly faces on front, and it, Mm -hmm. it changes up the display so it's just not spine, 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 spine. You know, now I get a a break in there, visually speaking. Have you ever walked into like a friend's house and looked at their DVD collection and just said, you know, what are you doing or what are you into just because of the the mishmash of stuff that's in there? And if you got 20 movies and, you know, one of them's waiting for Guffman, I'm going to look at that person's escape. (laughs) <laughs> oh geez yeah that's one of the yeah i we talked about that before you know what here's here's what i'll say about that if i go into anybody's place and they have dvds up on a shelf and i don't like them my respect for them collecting dvds completely outweighs whatever i don't like about their collection yeah yeah no that's true that's true however if this were 30 years ago where we didn't have this debate of digital over physical media. <laughs> Everybody had a collection. Yeah. And so then, yeah, you were totally judging people about like, oh my God, what what kind yeah. of person is this? Because it tells yeah. a story about who they are. Right. But, you know, as soon as you get over that judgmental attitude and you just take a look and try to understand what they value and why, then, yeah. you know, it's a it's different perspective on it now. Yeah, what was the... Uh... What was the the 
the stripper movie that was so bad. Yeah, there uh, you go. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's yeah, a perfect example. Showgirls. Showgirls. Right. You walk into somebody, look at somebody's DVD collection. They've got E.T. and Indiana Jones and Showgirls. And you're going, I don't get it. You know? <laughs> yeah. But if you had the poster, though, right? The Showgirls yeah. poster? The poster yeah, is yeah. way better than anything that came out of that movie. <laughs> gotcha. Except yeah. for maybe Gina Gershon. She's a fox. In France, she would be called La Renard. And she would be hunted with only her cunning to protect her. She's a babe. She's a robo-babe. In Latin, she would be called Babia Majora. If she were a president, she'd be Abraham Lincoln. <sighs> Did you ever find Bugs Bunny attractive when he'd put on a dress and play a girl bunny? Fair. <laughs> <laughs> what also breaks this up a little bit, a couple of things. Number one, as I alluded to before, I have some of those Walt Disney treasures yeah, in, the, me too. in the tins. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and that looks nice because that's yep. a little extra something, breaks it up a little bit. And they, that's special. You know, there's like little jewels right there on my shelf. Agreed a million percent. So those are, those are neat. I have a Masters of the Universe 30th anniversary commemorative edition. That kind of breaks it. It comes with a little Castle Grayskull inside. I haven't taken oh, nice. it out. But yeah. heck, maybe I should take that out and put the... Put the castle up on a shelf somewhere instead of just in the in the little clear container that it's in. And a little oddity here. I have the original 1982 Incredible Hulk animated series. It was only one season Ooh. long. That was another import from, I think it's a PAL version of it because I could not find an NTSC version. Right. So I had to rip those to the computer and I could just watch them. Not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But I consider that to be a rare thing anyway, so I I always rip my rare stuff. But I have printed out next to it on the shelf to accompany it the development notes for the show Okay. that somebody made available online somewhere. And I'm just thinking, what a, what a little treasure this is. Someone posted a text file of the development notes for this animated series that no one remembers except for geeks like me. And yeah. I just thought that was so special. So I printed it out and it, it accompanies the show. Yeah, and you know, it was stuff like that that we used to get back on vinyl, right? And I was never a laser disc guy, but that era too. And so what you're talking about really harkens back to that era for me. And I I, I think if you found one, you know a specific movie that, that you wanted to dig into like that and pull a specific memorabilia out like that. That's awesome. But I, I definitely feel for the people that mourn that we don't have that with like every release anymore, you know? Yeah, that's why I just, I treasure the bonus features because they are this, what went on behind the scenes to make that yeah. happen, you know? Yeah, the snapshot in time and what they're thinking about the making of stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I love well-made behind the scenes stuff, but... I got to take it in, in moderation. <laughs> well, I made it a whole thing to watch everything out of those Lord of the Rings box sets. Just, I, I, I devoured it all just as its own, like as if it was its own unique feature. And um, just made it, just, it was just this nice religious experience, man. <laughs> oh, that, that, that that's awesome, man. I, I think I've mentioned in the past that I, you know, I've studied Tolkien, you know, uh, academically and, um, even having done that, I didn't go through all of the uh, 
the extras um, in the box set. So you've you've got my admiration for that. <laughs> well, I'm not happy about my stack of shame, but yeah. So we'll do a slight little detour over into my CD collection, just real quick, Sam. Sure. I have my CD collection, of course, is also alphabetized and uh, in an Excel spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. So that's over there in the other corner next to the sack of shame, next to the bonus features. Organized A through Z, generally there are no issues. I was running out of room there, so I had to move my Christmas CDs over to my DVD shelf. So my one of my DVD shelving units has Christmas CDs in it. Mm -hmm. uh, it also has the old Sinatra classic jazz music because I don't keep that with my popular music. I keep that mm -hmm. by itself. You know, I also have the classical. So there's kind of this little odd section to my DVD show. I got CDs and DVDs mixing here, Sam, and I'm just... Oh, no, cats and dogs. I, exactly. That's, that's what I'm getting at here. And it's just going to have to do for now because I don't have enough CD storage. Well, let me ask you this. Are, uh -huh. are you buying new CDs? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, no. They're still making them, dude. Now <laughs> I know they brought don't vinyl you start back. Sounding so like those people, like I am those people. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get a pitchfork ready for me. I'm sure. I'm I'm due for one. So here here's where it comes. I've thought about how to respond to this issue of people being cynical about CDs and their demise, et cetera, et cetera or why I may choose to still buy CDs, or DVDs for that matter, and <laughs> the excuse of, because it makes me feel good, you know, just mm -hmm. isn't going to convince anybody. Right. Uh, they'll still be like, oh, well, isn't that cute? Bless his <laughs> heart. <laughs> you know, I don't want that. No, you know what it is? I now liken it to, would we ever get rid of books? Would we ever throw books away? You know, book burning and how terrible that is. Oh boy, Brian, you're going to have to get a second pitchfork for me when we get to my side of the story. <laughs> continue I'm, on. But you know just as well as I do, when Carl Sagan was talking about all that historical knowledge yep. from whatever long ago civilization that was that was burned to the ground and there were so many scrolls that did not survive because they were burned down. Yep. And what... A tragedy that is to know what the knowledge of the ancient world was like. We we, we don't really know. Yeah. Just what a tragedy that is. So I understand it on a, on a deeper level that something that may see, seem so disposable nowadays really isn't because generations from now, the things that we consider to be disposable really aren't. Yeah. I see it as that. I mean, why would I get rid of something that's that's a perfect piece of media that can last generations. And if it doesn't go to my kids, it might go to somebody. As a kid, I was fascinated by the idea that people could have their own private libraries in their houses. You know, you, you watch like an Agatha Christie movie and you see the rich people have a library full of books in their house. And I, I was a, a, a bookish kid too. So, so I, I mean, I got collect started collecting books early as a kid and, uh, when I bought my first house, I threw out every book I ever had except for ones that were signed from family members and 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 no regrets. Um, I, I still have a very small collection of books that I treasure, but it lost its magic for me just having that entirety 
of space taken up when uh, when the the internet existed and was was growing as I bought that first house. So I'm definitely with you. I I appreciate the collection of knowledge. I appreciate having read books. I get the artwork and you know stuff that you know accompanies them that just isn't replicated in the digital domain. Uh and to a certain extent I did the same thing with my CD collection. I took every single CD that I had uh, I ran them through Apple Music Match and had, you know, my 20,000 tracks in iTunes. But I kept the discs, put them in a little folio-type binder system, and threw out every case, every booklet. No. Every... <laughs> I know, get the pitchforks. Uh, so I still oh, have no. them, but I literally have not touched a single one of them outside of the the Hamilton track that uh, the Hamilton double CD that sits in my car for for long trips since moving to this house seven years uh, oh even before that so eight or ten years ago mm-hmm well at least so, you still have those those discs I mean even if they're, they're in a somewhere binder, I, yeah. I, I I'd I'd be hard pressed to find them but they're here in the house somewhere they're one of your piles somewhere yep. right you know what if we're talking about disposable you know, I might consider a lot of the popular Disney movies disposable because I know they can be so easily replaced. Yeah. Fun and Fancy Free, not so easily replaced. Hard copy. Oh, hard Disc. copy, yeah. You know what I mean? I get it, but, you know, for me, that The Awakening was the internet really uh, makes a the, this, the whole scarcity thing, you know, kind of artificial on a lot of these things. Do you remember that movie... Was it Hugo Scorsese? Yeah. yeah. Wasn't that a movie about how there was a lot of really old films that were completely lost? Yeah, it's a it's very nostalgic look and you know, you can tell that it was made by a filmmaker who valued all that and Yeah, but, I mean I but get But they it. actually took the film and melted it down to make other stuff with. Oh, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, like uh, they, they, there was a shortage of some certain material, so they they had to raid film canisters. That oh, had like for films the glis- for the glycerin or whatever in them. Well, certain celluloid yeah, something. Yeah. So there's so many hundreds, maybe even thousands of films that were completely lost to time because. Yeah. You know, so it's the it's the reverence that that I have for th- this content. You know, just getting back to Incredible Hulk, it's a rare series. You know, you 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 couldn't find hardly anyone today who would remember that if they weren't a kid like me during right. that time period who just happened to watch it. It was only on for one season, and I love the Hulk so much, man. You know this. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I love me some Hulk. Okay. Yeah. And there's even a 1960s series which I have yet to see, and I'm sure it's you know challenging to watch at this point given yeah. modern animation <laughs> standards, but. It's the Hulk, so I feel like I got to get it. And, you know, my kids are getting into superheroes a little bit. I'm not trying to overexpose them because it can get too much real quick. The Hulk is like this big, fun, big, fun guy. So I want want to show them these old classic cartoons so they have this appreciation, a deeper appreciation, not a surface-level appreciation because I can't stand that. So it's these little gems that I just am so proud to actually have for myself, you know, because I'm in control of it. 
Yep. And I just, I'm not leaving it to somebody else to approve or deny an online digital license or whatever. Like the Garfield TV series, Garfield and Friends TV series is out of production, but you can get it only on Amazon Prime, I think. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that just doesn't work for me. But I love Garfield so much. Fortunately, I was able to get used copies on eBay for like 80 bucks each. <laughs> I had to make a deal one Christmas season. I'm like, honey, I need to make a deal with <laughs> you. Nice. I knew I wouldn't be complete without them. But I have them and I can sleep well at night. There you go. So the CDs are creeping over into the DVD rack. Yeah. But Sam, I have one last oddity I'd like to speak with you. And perhaps you could help me figure this one out. Okay. I have a box that has yet to be unpacked. It's a small box, and inside this box contains my DVD audio discs, my Super Audio CDs, my DTS surround sound discs, dual discs. Do you ever mm. remember those? Yeah. Things of that nature. Got any mini discs in there? Because otherwise uh, I, I, I might have you beat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I have exactly one mini disc. Nice. Um, but th- these are generally all CD sized jewel cases or perhaps a little mm-hmm. bit bigger that DVD audio sized case. For the most part, I have just been keeping them with the CDs, but in their own section because they're mostly surround sound and special type discs. But mm-hmm. it's weird because some of those DVD audio discs don't fit in the cd shelves so i have to turn Mm. them sideways but when i turn them sideways it means the text isn't facing the right direction so i have to flip it over (laughs) okay so the text is all facing the right direction but then there's one oddity in in this subcategory of surround discs which is the first release from the blue man group their dvd audio disc oh yeah yeah i've got that one it came and a standard DVD case. Yep, yep. So that doesn't fit on the shelf at all. You're going to have to make your own. So they're, all of these are in this box. Yep. Where do I empty them to? Do I try to shoehorn them in with the CDs, or do I put them over here with the DVDs? I'll tell you what I did with mine. Yeah? I put that box into cold storage. Because oh. I am never going to get around to playing any of them with my... Shelf of shame of movies. So you got some surround discs? Oh, yeah. I got a bunch. I got the... Wait, the, wait, 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 wait. Don't, don't, don't tell me. Because okay. I'm going to I'm gonna tell you this before you tell me what you have. Yeah, yeah. I don't care what you have. <laughs> I will buy them from you. Oh, yeah? All right. I'll make a list for you. Now, tell me what you got. I got the Brothers in Arms. I've got the the Blue Man. I got two or three Blue Man Group ones. I got. I don't know. I'm gonna have to go look. I don't. I don't want to make you promises, but I, I'll do you one better, Brian. If you're gonna treasure them, including the the one that I really did like, which was the the uh, the Brothers in Arms Dire Straits. I will give them to you because you've been such a good friend with all these digital codes. Oh, goodness. I I will put on my archaeologist (laughs) hat and go dig for them uh, sometime this weekend. Oh, my gosh. You'd do that for me? Of of course, man. Like I said, I am never going to get around to them again. 
Oh my gosh, dude! Yeah. Like those are pretty close to the top of my list of things that I just absolutely adore and value. Okay, because cool. some of those things are so rare. Yeah, yeah. And you cannot find even on eBay. Uh, you know what I think I might have? Uh, Fleetwood Mac, The Dance. Is that mm, one of them? It might be. Yeah. Well, I don't remember if the, uh, the... Is the last waltz one of them, too, or did that come out on DVD? <sighs> I remember seeing the case for that because it was impressive sitting on a shelf somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I've got it on some I... format, and I don't think I've ever watched it. I've been oh, mean, that That's in the shelf of shame that's, like, on on the back shelf nobody talks about. Okay, well, I would be real happy, man, if I could get my hands on all that stuff. I, 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 Man, I just love those things, and that's why I haven't unboxed them yet, because I just want to handle them with, with care, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, if if you're gonna appreciate it, I I will uh, I'll make a special package for you for sure. So while we're on the subject, let me ask you this: What happens when an artist like Michael Bublé comes out with a new album, but it's also got a DVD inside of the concert? Oh, do you, do you mean as far as a collection? Do you split it up or not? Which shelf does it go on? Would you consider it part of your music discs on your on you know? In your, in your DVD section, or would you, is there is it a CD with extra DVD content? Like, no, I'll I, I tell you what I've seen most people do. Me personally, I would probably throw it in the DVDs with a bonus CD because I'm probably gonna rip the CD um, or spend the extra nine bucks and get it direct on iTunes that way. But what I've seen most other people do is there's like this little cottage industry of making you know cd inserts and stuff like that and people will buy an, an 89 cent cd case and and separate them out they don't keep them together mm. and put you know put their own artwork on it and stuff like that mm, yeah i i hear you i don't think i could do that i would just that'd be like nails on a chalkboard for me yeah what would you do where would you keep them yeah i don't feel good about it but they're with the cds yeah You've got much higher chance of listening to the CD than than pulling a music disc out and watching it as a DVD experience, you say? Well, just because that's how it was framed. I purchased it as a CD. I see. You know, so that's how that's the initial record in my mind, and that it's hard to erase the initial record. Yeah, it's hard to overwrite fr- it with, with better logic sometimes. Yeah, my frustration with those when, when those were like a big deal was that generally they'd have like a 15-track CD and then the DVD would have like three or four of them as videos. And so I, I think you're right then. In, in, in cases like that where there's much more content on the CD, it, it, it has to stay in the CD uh, side. But but again, I I go for, for chaos to begin with, so... <laughs> <laughs> So we talked about DVDs, we talked about the shelves and all that. Um, before we move on into extras, did you want to say anything else about your DVD collection? I too bought some DVD Blu-ray racks from Amazon. I have over the 25 years that I've been in the the hobby bought a variety of entirely way too crappy 
storage racks. Most of them didn't make the transition between houses for me. But I tell you what did is that, uh, you know, you were talking about the, the, uh, the plastic bins. And I literally have six or seven suit storage bins. Do you know what I'm talking about? with those they actually would like fit underneath a bed long ways yeah yeah uh filled with um you know first generation dvds just because i didn't have a rack that would you know that would contain all of them so that is the most chaotic of the chaotic storage and if somebody asked me oh do you have this particular thing unless it was the super special Criterion collection of like um, hard-boiled or um, one copy I was able to buy a Little Shop of Horrors before it was pulled off the shelves by Geffen uh, the day that it was released. I couldn't tell you where any of those specific ones, although I guess you're right, the, the, the silver pack D, uh, Disney discs, I know where all of those are too. So again... Um, the modern media is up on racks, but it's not in any kind of order other than I've got the Disney separated out and I've got some of the Marvel movies not in order, but just kind of together. <laughs> and I got the Lord of the Rings together and not even the Star Wars are together. Those are all just spread out based on when I acquired them. So, so yeah, it's, it's chaos, but it works for me. Let me ask you this about the Marvel could you ever just go back and watch any one particular movie out of order? Oh, yeah. I, I did that with the Iron Man trilogy during the Focal Cora review. And uh, we'll put the link into that because if you guys haven't seen that, you definitely want to check out these speakers we, uh, we just reviewed for Focal last week. Uh, but, yeah, um, what I wound up starting was... Um, I'm not a not a big break speaker break in guy, but uh, these things had traveled from France to Canada and Canada to my house, and so I said, well, you know, let's get them acclimated to the climate, and you know, let the glue settle and whatever else is in there. And it really did make a big difference. I feel I, when I first started, I was questioning whether or not I'd set things up right, and then I let them run for a day, and they sounded, you know, dead on. Uh, and I started with the Avengers. Uh, I did Avengers uh, 1 and 2, and then I did the, the three Iron Man back to back to back. And so, yeah, they, they hold up. I, I can definitely jump into the middle of the MCU and uh, appreciate where they came from. And you can kind of giggle at some of the things that seem odd today, you know, like the Elon Musk cameo and the, the, the Larry from Oracle cameo and you say geez what were they thinking but but yeah they they all hold up wow man i don't know if i could bring myself to do that they're good movies oh no they are but i'm just saying i'd have to watch each i'd have to watch them in order if i ever started over oh yeah i wanted to do that and then disney was very disappointing and having a few gaps in there i think they'll figure that out eventually but yeah it's frustrating yeah it it sure is a great time to be a fan of these movies, you know. Oh yeah, I mean they just put them all out on 4K disc too. So if if you're eschewing Disney Plus, you can still get them as 4K and with HDR and Dolby Atmos. So it's yeah. a good deal. 
Oh, I'm looking at my collection. Looks like I got three. Three UHDs. Okay. Avengers, Ant-Man, and Avengers. <laughs> okay. Wow, I can't wait to see what those look like. I have yet to see, aside from at, like at your place, I've yet to see it on any okay. of my TVs because they well, can't do it yet. But well, Like I said, I, I had all of those in 4K on Disney+, Plus, and uh, Best Buy had a, a deal for all of the Avengers movies on 4K disc in a nice little tin. I think I want to say it was originally like 250 bucks, and then they dropped it in half. I think I got it for like 79 or $89. I definitely recommend that if you can pick it up that way. Mm. But I, man, I wish they would just do all 22 in one box like that. And I understand why they can't. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's frustrating. You know, that Incredible Hulk Blu-ray case, did you get the one with the outer cardboard jacket with the lenticular plastic cover? I, I do have that one, yeah. That was pretty fancy. And I sure as heck just love looking at that cover even yeah. if the movie wasn't fantastic yeah it's neat you know speaking of comics just for another little tangent here i hear that the new batman teaser is online i hear that's what i'm hearing from people okay yeah yeah i've seen it okay so uh we have witness here now yes <laughs> i i read i i read a headline I don't know, yesterday, <laughs> something like, fans have already figured out what the Riddler's talking about in the new Batman oh, yeah. teaser. Yeah, yeah, I read And that. I'm like, come on. Yeah. yeah People, they, don't. Yeah, uh, do you know what a substitution cipher is? Or a uh, Caesar cipher? Uh, No, but don't tell me. Okay. <laughs> Like, I'm just thinking, people, just let it be what it wants to be. And I'm thinking, it's Batman. Why are we sending out teasers? People are going to give you all of their money to see it. I agree with you there, but I've also heard a lot of feedback, of uh, negative feedback on Pattinson. And you and I have talked about this before. I was questioning his capabilities up until I saw The Lighthouse, and now I'm I'm 100% in. I'm not 100% team no spoilers on this. I, I did watch the trailer, so I won't spoil anything for you. <sighs> but it's got possibilities. I'm looking forward to it. I'm gonna, You know what I like is it's got Matt Reeves directing. Mm-hmm. And Matt Reeves, that's your boy from Apes. Oh, is, is that what he's from? Yeah. yeah I'm, I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm a super huge fan of War for Planet of the Apes. The first two, um, I'm lukewarm on, but... The end of that one, I'm. Uh, that's just amazing. Mm-hmm. So it, he's he's a serious filmmaker, and I'm so happy that this wasn't another yet another project that was developed for years and then just dismissed by the studio, leaving the director with nothing to show for it. Yeah. And that because there was so much speculation, is Ben Affleck gonna keep being Batman? What the hell is going on with DC and these goddamn awful movies? To see Matt Reeves salvage mm-hmm. something from the Batman universe is impressive. Well, let's let's wait till we actually get a film out there before you pronounce but judgment. We'll see. Sure, I, I at least have confidence that he took the time to develop yeah. it yeah. and that it wasn't rushed. If nothing else, it wasn't rushed. I can't speak to what the movie is or will be. But it wasn't rushed, so at least I have a high level of confidence here. 
at the same time they they put out the thing for the Snyder cut and I'm re- remain highly skeptical on that. Wow, what another oddity, huh? It's a great yeah. day to be a movie fan, isn't it? Sure. If they're saying, "Yes, yeah, Snyder, go for it." And we're going to get some epic Watchmen-like length movie of a new Justice League from Snyder, I'll give him one more chance. <laughs> one more chance, Zack Snyder. They're they're putting a lot of eggs in this basket. It better be good. I mean, I'm a Zack Snyder fan, but none of the stuff he's done with DC has been for me, you know? Mm-hmm. But if he can turn that Watchmen dial up on yeah. Justice League yeah. and give me and just give it to me, man. Please. I just give me a little taste. I don't need a full course meal. Just a little taste, Zack Snyder, please. Again, I remain skeptical. I, I loved Watchmen. I was a little lukewarm on the the extended edition of Watchmen. I thought it was a little much. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm on board to check it out. Yeah. So, another little thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one more oddity here, Sam, from my CD collection, is the special edition of the Dark Knight double disc the soundtrack yes it's the soundtrack to the dark knight it's a double disc edition it comes with like a little book about nolan writing about zimmer and it's got two discs in there and some artwork it's it's neat it's a giant square it doesn't fit on with my cds so right now it's going on top of the dvd rack yeah that sounds like it was designed to be showed off Yes, it is exactly that because it's got this thick cardboard case on the outside that you slip off, but the you know it's got a central cutout of that bat insignia. So yeah, it's totally. Mm. And then it goes, it complements the Dark Knight trilogy box set over on the other nice. unit over there. So I'm finally getting a chance to do this, Sam. I've never done this before, so I'm kind of geeking out a little bit about it. That's so, awesome. Um, I think uh you might have a little bit more experience in this department, but. I think we can then move on to the extras, Sam. What I like to say extras are memorabilia or tchotchkes. I've always liked that word, tchotchkes. I'm with you with the tchotchkes. I always thought of myself as a Toys R Us kid, so I'm going to come at from that angle. Yeah. I certainly have a lot of toys and memorabilia that were designed for kids to play with. But there's some of the, what you'd call the tchotchkes that were promotional materials too, so we can dig into that. Mm-hmm. So why don't you get us started with the tchotchkes, Sam? Like, what are some of your showcased showdowns, your highlights of your abode? Sure, sure. And again, this goes back to, like, the Star Wars action figure era. I certainly have uh, a ton of what I had as a kid. My parents were nice enough to... to uh, run a bunch of it through the dishwasher and give it to me again as a Christmas present. So I still have a lot of my Star Wars action figures from the 70s. But from other movies, I have a 24-inch tall alien figure that I got when I was seven years old that Christmas. So that would be like 77, 78. And so that I, I got a alien action figure to play with about three to four years before I ever got to see the movie. Oh, my, man. My, my parents would not take me to see the movie, and this was before VHS, so I'm definitely showing my age here. Alien was certainly one of the first that I did see on VHS when that came out. 
that has been with me since uh, the 70s and is now proudly sitting in my uh, my most prominent DVD rack in in my living room. Wow. I've also got, you know, some Terminator skulls that came from Blu-ray sets. I've got an alien back scratcher. You gave me a kick-ass alien uh, figurine that's about 12 inches tall that looks like he's playing guitar. I've got a bunch of Boba Fett's. Uh, Boba Fett is my Star Wars character of choice. Uh, I will ride or die Boba Fett till I get hit by that proverbial bus. Now, hang on a uh, second. Exactly how many Boba Fett's? Oh, I mean, we've got Potato Head Boba Fett. We've got six what or did seven. You, what did you put in the notes that I saw that? I remember it being funny. What did you write down in there? All the Boba Fett. <laughs> oh, all the Boba Fett's, yeah. So uh. just this week, I bought a $250 Gentle Giant or one of those collector's edition Boba Fett's that's done with the Empire Strikes Back coloring. So that's uh, that's getting shipped now. That's probably the most expensive Boba Fett that I've got. But again, I've got a 12-inch tall Funko Pop Boba Fett that my nephew gave me. I've got busts. I've 3D printed Boba Fett helmets. Oh, well, plus I also have two original hand paintings by a New Jersey artist uh, of Boba Fett. Yeah, so I mean, just... Absolute, absolute Craig stuff. Craig, uh, we'll put a put a link to your uh, artwork in the show notes. Uh, maybe I can send some pictures of those as well. I got one in my office and one in my kitchen. So yeah, Boba Fett everywhere. I've also got uh, some artwork from The Simpsons. I was never a huge Simpsons fan. I, I mean, I've probably gone years without seeing any of the newer episodes. But there was... Uh, one episode that translates to the mysterious voyage of Homer, the the actual episodes uh, titles in Spanish. Not going to mangle that, but I bought some original art by a guy called uh, Alex Ruiz, who does uh, is a television producer and an artist. I mean, I've got stuff all over the house with you know movie memorabilia, and I'm happy to show that off. Oh, I also, uh, as you know, I'm a big H.P. Lovecraft fan. I hope you guys are all watching Lovecraft Country. I'm super stoked to see Lovecraft go more mainstream and to see that HBO's taking that and putting a real fine point on some of the racist history in our country through a Lovecraftian lens. It's just been amazing. But as far as H.P. Lovecraft goes, I've got a 30-inch tall Cthulhu that is designed to be spray-painted. And I haven't done that yet. They're airbrushed. So that's, uh, that's part of the, the, the miniature painting hobby that uh, I'm building up towards. Yeah, I took a look at the artwork. I saw that Simpsons one. Um, that was pretty good. I'm <laughs> prohibited from indulging in some of the more exotic uh, or even some of the less exotic drugs that are available to us, to us in America. Uh, but I always thought that the... Uh, the idea of having Homer have a, a a dream quest based on a hot chili pepper was uh, was pretty wild, and that's one of my favorite episodes. So I'd yeah. be happy to put that in the show notes, and people can see what I'm talking about. It's a it's a mind bender, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know. And The Simpsons always does a really good job animating that kind of stuff. It's always fun and playful how they do it. What I find interesting about The Simpsons, since you brought that up, was 
I've watched that show since it was on the Tracy Ullman show. Oh, yeah, yeah, same. I've watched the show live every Sunday. I actually might have been on Fridays then for a couple of those early seasons. But anyway, I've watched it live my entire life. Okay. Now, now I got my kids watching it with me. And nice. Eh, I know it may not be the best parenting decision. <laughs> so, you know, it's not perfect. But I don't remember episodes. And it's funny because when I hear you speak about what your one of your favorite episodes was, you know, my wife doesn't usually watch it, nor has she watched it all the time like I have. But she'll have her favorite episodes, like when Mr. Burns did that, uh, that one particular, like all of it is just such a giant blur to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's just 30 some odd seasons. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I, I don't know which, I just uh, I have no recollection of any of them. I just yep. remember vague plot lines here and there, but eh, no one particular show I can never recall. I just saw an example of that this week. Something about steamed hamburgers. Do you know what that's that that episode's all about? No. Oh, uh, we'll have to put that because um, it was either Rolling Stone or Vice did like literally a five-page story about a fifteen-minute Simpsons clip. I'm like, this is the craziest thing I've ever heard, and it, it's it's literally the craziest Simpsons episode ever. It's just like one absurdity after another and you're like how did they get this on tv mm. so so i mean that, that that's that's the cool thing about stuff like this and um again i'm not a huge simpsons fan but that meant something to me right and i'm mm. the kind of guy you know i built this house to not be the bachelor pad that i had when i was in jersey and a little bit more classy and you know better better quality Furniture, better quality, you know, kitchenware and stuff like that. But damn it, I'm going to show off my geeky side too in this house, you know. And and that's what I love. I've got, you know, that uh, Larry Elmore Dungeons and Dragons um, hand, you know, signed painting. I've I've got a couple Boba Fetts that were done, you know, literally, um, you know, original artwork. They're they're the only original artwork that I've got in the house. So. I'm I'm happy to show off that side of my personality here. All right. I mean, sometimes even if you don't know what it is, but it's creative enough to just get people to stop and just stare. Yep. You know? Yeah, I'm all for that. Yeah. Totally. What about you? What do you got in your home now? I really wasn't one for tchotchkes because I always felt like they got in the way of my DVDs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can believe that. I think I've loosened up just a little bit on that. I don't actively look for them, but if every once in a while it happens to come with something, then I try to find a way to put it to use, I think. Right. But I do have a few tchotchkes here in this room. Uh, You'll be happy to know that I'm happily displaying on my third DVD shelving unit the three green plastic hulks that you made for me. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. The 3D printed ones. Yeah. They're up there. Yeah, sweet. Each one of them's got its own column. Now, nice. Now, Sam, I'm afraid I have to tell you that your bigger gray Hulk that you printed for me unfortunately broke in the move. Oh, no. We'll make you another one. That's the beauty of 3D printing. You can always make more. So, if I had it, it would go behind <laughs> the center Hulk because <laughs> it was bigger. 
Did I make you a Hulk fist? No. Oh, I got the Hulk fist um, uh, 3D model now, so I'll make you one of them too. Yeah, yeah, I think you're going to have to because I, <laughs> I got my Hulks going over here. All right, cool. Count on it. All right, so as I said before, I got my Ben-Hur and Dark Knight on the top of shelving unit one. On shelving unit two, I got my Dark Knight soundtrack in the middle. Now flanking it, Sam, are the two giant stone figures from the Lord of the Rings that are holding their arms out straight on opposite sides of the river. That's badass. They came with the the box sets for the original Lord of the Rings DVD collections, extended editions. So I've always kept those because those, I mean, they're they're heavy too. You could kill yeah, somebody yeah. if you threw. Yeah, and they were super um, hard to find too. I I think I wanted to get them, but they were already sold out by the time that I got a chance to. It's nice. That's a good pull. Five years ago, I walk into my family room and I find one of these that has been decapitated. Oh no! It was a clean break. I super glued it back on. Mostly good as new. Mm-hmm. But my heart skipped a little when I saw that there on the floor. Mom always said, "Don't play ball in the house." Yeah, I think I <laughs> it was on a low shelf. Uh huh. And you know who gets mm. the low shelves? Yes. Ankle biters. Rugrats. I got a couple extra things here. I got a Hulk Pez dispenser. Nice. And then, growing up as a kid, Sam, did you ever have? Included in your school supplies, a pencil case that was a long cylinder that stood up like a plastic Mm. cylinder, perhaps like a large Pez dispenser with a nice fancy fun top. It's just a cylinder you put your number two pencils in. No, nothing like that. Nothing like that. We we had those plastic boxes that you'd carry pencils and crayons in, but I don't think we had any round tubes. Hmm. Well, maybe this was just unique to this, but I had one of those things, and the top that got screwed onto the tube was an original plastic Garfield. Oh, okay. So it's from the early 80s, back when he was drawn just a little bit differently. So he went on the pencil tube, the carrying tube. We had pencil toppers that were always like little rubber plastic things, but I never saw one that went on top of the carriers. Oh, I wanted to ask you, what DTS and Dolby Digital signs do you have? It's just oh, the classic DTS? Yeah, yeah. So Is it like, DTS or is it DTS Entertainment? You know, I'm going to have to go pull them off the, off the shelf. I, I don't remember. Mm. Like the first three or four years when DTS and Dolby were really, really ramping up and fighting against each other. Um, for DVD, not even not even Blu-ray. Um, they had made available to the public at ridiculous prices, like $40, these uh, plastic placards that you could put on the door going into your personal home theater. And so I bought one of each and, you know, never wound up mounting it anywhere. But uh, I'll send some pictures of my uh, Funko Pop mantle that I've got going and they sit there now. At least one of them does. There are a handful of things that I have always wanted to do with my home theater 
a lot of which was seen on home theater forum. Your stuff like your DTS, your Dolby Digital Signage, maybe even a neon or something, your movie posters, your center console that you could turn the lights on and off without having to mm-hmm. get up, yep. doing things like that. It would be so neat to have just a neon DTS that you can just, oh, you yeah. know, that's just on. <laughs> it's lighting the room or sure. something. Or just the cool Dolby. Yeah. The double Ds, right? Yeah. That would be really cool. Like maybe uh, branded into the wall or something. Ooh, yeah. And like a little spotlight on it. Yeah, I've got Boba Fett branded into mine, so I, th- I think that's uh, uh, that's where my limits are. But yeah, I'm with you, and and we've certainly seen theaters that you know range from like both of ours, which was you know mostly around the the theater gear, to people that spend literally hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, doing um, architectural changes and wallpaper and carpet and everything to to get a specific style and look uh you know even matching things like star wars and star trek and stuff like that Mm. so i'm i'm with you but all of my effort has gone into just getting the room running yeah and the, the aesthetics be damned oh man well sam i think that brings us to the end here is there anything i'm forgetting I would uh, definitely be interested in hearing what our uh, viewers and listeners have as far as their tchotchkes, uh, how they're organizing their stuff, and uh, you know what makes their theater special as far as those uh, little personalizations that they've got going on. Yes, and if anybody has any tips for my alphabetizing... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I- I'm-, I'm open to-, to your suggestions for sure, but... Uh... I'm also really eager to hear how you guys do it differently, too, in case it might give me some, some good ideas. On the other hand, I am not going to change. So yeah. so even if there was like a queer eye for the straight guy coming in to, to organize my DVDs, I don't, I don't know if I could adapt to that. But uh, I'm definitely interested in hearing what everybody else has going on. Nothing would bring me more joy, Sam, than to come to your house, pick up all of your DVDs, <laughs> and make nice little rows and columns and spreadsheets. Yeah. If I had time, Sam, I would do that. I put on some tunes oh, and we could order some food and I'd be like boom 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 and when then we could you know what we would do? We would pick out which ones we wanted to display. Okay. You know, like what is it, some of your highlights or your box sure. sets or something, right? Yep. And we just do it. We just make a day of it, man. You know. I'm gonna call that the DVD sorting fairy. You want to be a DVD sorting fairy? I, I, <laughs> I, I, I heartily encourage that. And then what? I, like two weeks later, they'd all be back in piles. They'd all be back in a pile. Well, at least, at least the 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 stack of shame would have grown. I don't know if the uh, organization would be ruined. Mm, okay. That's my frustration. Even if I was to get something organized. As soon as I had three new discs and had to shuffle everything down, that would that would blow my mind. <laughs> I know. I had to put spacing in here for that exact reason. Oh, like, so didn't... you you actually had forethought for it. I wouldn't have that. Yeah. Each shelf is only filled to like 85, 90% capacity. <sighs> That's brilliant. I I couldn't even get that much foresight into it. I'm happy that my secret of not having any organizational structures now out there in the world 
and I'm fully prepared for the pitchforks with my destruction of my CD collection and the loss of all my books. So see, bring it on, bring it on, villagers. <laughs> see, now it all makes sense, Sam. Whenever I came up to your house and went down to your theater, I, I remember these piles. I just thought yeah. it was all the stuff you hadn't got no. to. Yeah. Because we've it, all got a pile, right? Yeah. It's Maybe it's a stack or it's on a shelf or it's a pile somewhere, but we've all got that, eh, don't put it in with the others because then I might not be able to find it again. Right. You know, and you don't want to unwrap it yet because that's your indication that you haven't seen it. It's a sickness, Brian. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> all right. Well, Sam, it's all been right. a pleasure. All right. You too, buddy. Thank you. now's a good time to mention a few things. Number one, I did a recent move across the country from Maryland to Washington and um, uh, did that uh, beginning of July. But um, it, it's been nice. I got a fresh start out here. So me and my family are out here now and I just got my little home studio set up right here so we could do this podcast. Um, Oh, one other thing too. Uh, today, as we are recording, I just received in the mail my first power conditioner from Panamax. Oh, nice! That is one area I have not gone down into at all. Uh, it's been one of those mysterious subjects, and I think I've got a good handle on it now. And I think we're going to have to do a show on it at some point in time because I think it's quite misunderstood. But I've been doing a lot of research lately into electricity and uh, noise on the lines and such. Right. So it makes a whole lot more sense to me now. So Okay, well, I, I will tell you that my only experience with any of that was uh, during our trip to Jeremy Kipnis's, uh Kipnis Studios Standard Home Theater. And so uh, you wanna talk about overkill, Jeremy, has the million dollar home theater and you know all of his stuff is run through power conditioners and on its own separate electrical uh system uh so i i don't have anything like that myself i'm i'm on home power and i'm lucky if i've got uh a um a power strip in between the wall and any of my gear let alone <laughs> anything like that yeah well it you know what it's it's ripe for discussion i think I'm just going to do my best to describe for you my current environment in my new house here. Uh, I'm sitting here in what we call the bonus room, which is a nice sized room. It's actually perfectly suited for a home theater in the sense that the door is where it should be. You know, I don't have to place a speaker in that corner. Mm -hmm. It's got a nice window. I can set up all the speakers exactly where they need to go. And of course, the TV, we didn't, we literally did not have a TV stand wide enough because it's 65 inches or something nice. and the, the legs are on the edges of the TV okay. <laughs> not doesn't have a center stand but so it's currently propped up on boxes that are just filled with junk so it ain't perfect it ain't pretty but sure. where we're at is, right now is a little temporary anyway so 
So I know your old home, you had a projection screen. So you're you're down to, you've downsized to a 65 inch TV. And is this something new or is it something you brought with you? I, I, I brought it with me. In fact, I brought all my TVs with me. Nice. Uh, th- this is kind of funny. I'm, I'm glad you asked me about this because this, this reminds me. Um, I, I had, geez, seven flat panel displays that I brought oh, with boy. me. Oh, boy. Yeah, um, nice. I I couldn't believe I I didn't realize I had so many until <laughs> I wrapped them all up into plastic. Nice. Yeah, I loaded them onto the truck, and I'm like, "Son of a bitch, where did these all come from? Where where right. were they all?" It just yeah. turns out I had a TV in every room, you know. Okay. So it's even one in my garage. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, well, I, I I haven't gotten that crazy. There's none out in the garage, but uh, I don't do a lot of work out there. Hmm. So, uh, miraculously none of them broke or cracked or anything nice. and i didn't really do that good of a job packing I, I put some a layer of bubble wrap around each one and then packed it i knew you're supposed to keep them vertically you're not supposed to lay them down I yeah think. yeah right right oh so they did that the golden ears i have seven golden ear tried threes right I, I wrapped them uh you know what i just wrapped them in saran wrap and then i oh okay Okay, and then, I, you know, just the big, wide industrial strength. Right. So then I placed a couple of moving blanks down on the floor of the trailer. I then placed all the golden ears lined up side by side. It was beautiful. On right. top of these blankets, so for the padding and such. And then in between the towers, I just put pillows. So okay. they were quite, quite cozy in there. And nice. miraculously, everything turned out just fine. Um, yep. I'm, I kept the box for both my Marantz preamp and my Outlaw amplifier because those are big boxes and some sure, of them have yeah. the styrofoam, the molded styrofoam in there. So mm-hmm. everything made it over here okay. Uh, but, you know, I got here and I'm like, what am I going to do with all these TVs? Because <laughs> so I don't have a It's need. a little smaller space, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what's funny is I got here and I'm like, okay, well, the kids and I kind of have to share a room. I need some place for them to go watch TV that's not in my home office and that's not near my wife's home office. Gotcha. And the only room to do that in is this bonus room where I set up my little home theater here. Um, but I don't want them touching my expensive <laughs> equipment. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So I'll have to take a photo of this once once I have a nice, uh, once the room is organized. But... So I currently have a 7.1 system with two subwoofers, with maybe 7.2, whatever, mm-hmm. with a 65-inch UHD TV. Nice. It's not HDR. It was a cheap Black Friday special. I just needed something because my old DLP Mitsubishi had a hundred dead pixels all over it okay. five years ago. So anyway, that's what that is. Next to it, though, is a 42-inch HD TV with its own Blu-ray player and its own remote controls. So my kids can come in here and use that setup. (laughs) Just not at the same time. (laughs) Right. Directly adjacent to to my main setup. And they got their little area here on the floor with the beanbags. And it looks awesome to me. But if you come in here Mm -hmm. and you're like, whoa, Brian, you got, you know, you're thinking you got enough TVs, buddy. Yeah. Like if it was, if if it's just left to me, I'd have another one somewhere in this room hanging up on a wall. The, the past few months have been 
it just busy, busy, busy with the whole move. Um, but fast forward to when I finally got here and I'm organize, organizing all these rooms and it's, it, it's one of those periods of time where everything's in the way and you have to move stuff to move stuff and then you keep hitting yourself, scratching your hand, sure, yeah. getting a cut, stubbing a toe, getting real frustrated that just all the stuff's in the way. So when the dust settled, like I said, I ended up with all these TVs I didn't know I had and I also had all these receivers I didn't know I had. So I turn mm. around and I got like seven or eight receivers and I'm like, ah, what am I going to do with all these? They're just all over the floor. Right, right. It's just ridiculous. So some of them are currently underneath my love sack furniture. <laughs> okay. Because there's nowhere else to put it, man. So, and it's and also so, funny. Go ahead. I just, no, I just finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah finish up. Uh, it's also funny because I've never spent so much time in an attic putting stuff up there in storage. Like, do you ever oh, remember okay. going up to your attic as a kid, how hot it was? Oh, and, like, yeah. Dusty, cobwebby cardboard boxes up there. Yes. Like, you'd get down for winter. You'd put up, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, I hadn't done that in the past 30 years. But this past month, I've been up in that attic yeah. more times than I can count. Yeah, my, my parents had a huge attic, and we actually would uh, store toys up there, and then every, you know, once in a while we'd go up there and visit the old toys, so I, I know exactly where you come from. I just have a crawl space now, so my fat butt can't even fit up in it, and I don't think I've ever been up in there, so mm. my condolences for all that heat. <laughs> <laughs> so so my it's co- been a process. Go ahead. That's awesome, but for those uh, who... Ha- aren't familiar with your speakers you, you all of your speakers are actually what they call full size right they actually have powered woofers so you actually don't just have like rca cables going to each uh one of your speakers but you have to power them all individually too right yes um golden ear some of you may know was a company that was founded by sandy gross uh, and he also founded Definitive Technology. And uh, even before that, I think it was maybe Polk, um, Polk Audio he was, he was involved with. So he's been a really successful speaker designer. But it, for those of you who are familiar with Definitive Technology speakers, one of their trademarks is they have these towered speakers. I'm talking like 42 inches tall minimum with powered subwoofers in the bottom of, of each tower. Um, so it's kind of a unique design. Uh, it does require you to provide power to the speaker, so you do have to plug right. it in. And so Golden Ear speakers do the same thing. Um, so you run your standard speaker wire to it, but it also does require you to plug it in to use the woofer portion of the tower. The tweeter right. and mids, they'll work without you plugging it in, but to use the woofer portion, because mm. um, it, al- it also has a passive radiator, radiator in the bottom um, okay. and an independent volume control on the back. But uh, I found that you can't really turn it past 12 o'clock when you're feeding an LFE signal to it. <laughs> yeah, I bet. You, w- when you're feeding just bass to it, you can't. But when you're feeding LFE to it, it's, yeah. it's, it wants to overload and do the circuit shutdown protection. But yes, so I have these Triton 3 towers uh, but they're about, you know, what, 42 inches tall. Seven of them nice. around here. Oh, that was the other weird thing, dude. I'm glad you brought that up because 
I have one for my center channel. And as you know, at my old place, I had an acoustically transparent screen. That's right. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. a big deal. So like I'm looking oh, at this and I'm like, panel, what am I going to yeah. do? I'm like, do I put it sideways on the floor? I'm like, no, I can't do that. So what we ended up doing was the TV is about a foot and a half away from the wall. The center channel is on a few boxes peeking out over the top of the TV <laughs> from behind like, it. <laughs> like a periscope. Yeah. So just so I can get the mid and tweeters above the frame of the TV, you know? Nice. And sure. It, it seems to work out okay. I mean, it ain't That's perfect, great. but, you know, I'm, this isn't permanent, so. Oh. That's great. And by the way, um, <laughs> I have these two SVS cylinder subwoofers in here. Right. And you know how you can play movies, but then there are other movies that have this tremendously low bass. Yes. Just like for effect every now and then. Yes. I'm telling you, I put on a movie here for the kids yesterday, and then I went back into my office. I closed the door to the bonus room and the door to my office, and both of them were just going, <laughs> you know, and the walls and sure. everything. And I'm like, yes. Yep. SBS. Oh my yep. God. Thank you. Feel it, right? <laughs> yeah. That's so. awesome. And, and you know, I, I, on, on that topic, I got to tell you, kids' movies have really, really embraced the bass side of things lately. I'll give you two examples. One, Trolls World Tour. Man, there is a lot of bass in that movie. And um, uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, my God. Tons yeah. and tons of bass I'd, in that. I'd totally buy that, Wreck-It Ralph, with this, all the sound design in that movie, for sure. Um, and one last thing I'll say, even an even better story than that. Oh, and to your point... A couple of weeks ago, I got this system set up and my, okay, so my neighborhood is just a bunch of single family houses sandwiched real close together. You know, the, the two of us with our arms outstretched could, you know, touch houses. So, uh, there's, you know, I got a lot of neighbors kind of very close to my residence. So a couple of weeks ago, I pop on the Lion King for the kids. Oh, and yeah. It was nice weather, so I opened the window. Uh, but I kid you not, the neighbors across the street, as soon as that Lion King kicked on and circle of life, <laughs> right? Sure. I mean, there was so much bass in there that I'm sure most kids playing this stuff through a soundbar never even hear. Right, right, right. But not only did my kids hear it, my daughter asked me, Daddy, what is that? I'm like, that's bass. <laughs> That's, so that, then I I hear the neighbors across for. I hear the neighbors across the street. There was a guy. He's like, "Yo, was that you?" <laughs> like, yeah, it was movie night. That's how we do it here. Yeah, man. That is awesome, man. So. Yeah, my stuff is all down in the basement and first floor. So if my neighbors can hear it, I'm in big trouble. Yeah, uh, maybe. Right. <laughs> I can't do any of that soundproofing here. Yeah. But, uh, so anyway. That's uh, awesome, man. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying that move, man. It's ha <laughs> it sounds uh, sounds uh, like you've uh, made some creative uh, creative jumps with that, so that's cool. Yeah, I just really haven't had time to watch anything yet. <laughs> yeah, you'll get there. Yeah, I'll get there. 